Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. I literally almost said uh, with me, Rob. <laughs> yes. You're the famous classic little uh, mess up straight away was almost there. And I decided to admit to it straight away. Um, we were both sat here and both getting quite distracted. Your cat, Carrie, as if you follow Rob's Twitter, you probably see it recently. <laughs> yeah. I, we were just like staring at the cat and it's kind of hypnotized me a little she bit. She's kind of hypnotic, isn't she? Um, so here we are with uh, episode uh 26 Six. yeah um and uh this is our Candyman episode Candyman 2021 to make it clear because we have literally just come from a screening of Candyman yep we got back probably about 20 minutes ago and we left the cinema probably about 40 45 minutes ago <laughs> didn't we um yeah. so it's kind of as fresh as it's going to be in our minds it is it's as clear as you could make it which might have positives there might be ne- this this is a little bit the kind of film and as we find with any film yes yeah, sometimes having a couple of days to refresh yeah. it think about it like some things become a little bit more clear some people like to go and watch it again and make sure yeah. they got it and yes there are, there are certain things that i think that even even we found with like we just kind of had to little check the like a little plot yeah. summary because there were certain things that were just niggling in our minds that we will get to a little bit later um, that were just a little bit unclear. Which yeah, I mean we'll we'll try to keep this as spoiler free yeah. at this point. We're trying to keep it. We will be going into full spoilers for the film shortly, uh, but we are going to do kind of a brief uh, overview um of just what we thought and our kind of first reactions and initial thoughts to the film yeah um and then we will tell you when we're going to start discussing it fully um but for those not kind of um, in the loop um it's the new Candyman film uh, and it's kind of a it's almost a direct sequel reimagining kind of from the original 1992 um is it bernard rose who did it the first one yeah yeah bernard rose classic um candyman based on the clive barker short story the forbidden um this is directed by nia da costa um loads of people have called it this jordan peele's candyman but you you're incorrect my yeah. friend this is nia da costa's candyman um but the screw it is produced by jordan peele and, and he did have a hand in the screenplay yeah um but it is very much near to costa's film and she was given directorial um the directorial reins for the film yeah she she did she had her own writing credit in it as well um as well as uh is will uh will Rosen, win, sorry win i thought win, it was will yeah. but it's written russenfield felt um, um it was starring um Yaya Abdul Mateen the second, I yeah. believe you say the second, don't you? Yeah, it, yeah, it's the second. Um, Teonya Paris, yeah, um, Nathan Paris. Stewart Jarrett, who we instantly recognise from Mi- Miss, Misfits, Misfits when we were UK growing up. TV series, um, and Coleman uh, Domingo. Um, that's the kind of the main central cast of the film, isn't it? Yeah, um, there are a few rotating characters, but they're kind of the main the main stars of the show, should we say? Um, the running time, it's, it was a bit on the shorter end, wasn't it, than we expected? Um, yeah, so we discussed, we, we talked about this before because we were really surprised to see that this was only 90 odd minutes. 91. 91 minutes long. I don't know why I said 90. I'm literally staring at the time. I'm staring at the clock, <laughs> the running time and going, I'm going to go it with 90 odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of being specific, that we know it's 91 minutes. 
Uh, and just to make clear, uh, not a spoiler, but you can literally stay for that entire 91 minutes. There is running right through to the end credits. We were sat there for the entire time. We did. Because there is a nice part in the end credits. So stick around. I would yeah. stick around for the whole part because it's really good. Yeah, really in good. The end credits. Um, and the budget was 25 million. Um, the film didn't kind of, uh, it, didn't, it didn't look like it was on a cheaper side or anything like that. And 25 million is a, is a, is a quite a, a plump little budget for a film like this. It is, it? yeah. Um, so it, it kind of shows, because the film, visually, the film is really well. Like, it's very well Nia shot, Costa has like, kind of shown that she's good with visuals, because it's really nice. Like, there's loads of really nice, like, panning shots. Yeah, there is. Like, from distance. Um, where There's you, a lot of kind of upside down shots as well. Yeah, those kind of like where you get to see kind of the sky and and throughout the film, obviously uh, Candyman uses mirrors. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of interesting shots where we use mirrors to kind of show certain yeah. things involving characters and, yes, Candyman. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, there is Candyman in this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm just... I'm, I'm trying to get into it without too much without too much spoilers. Um, so when Candyman was a when it kind of you know we first caught wind and I'm I don't actually you know really watch trailers anymore. So I hadn't seen anything for this. Um, so I was going in quite blind. Apart from a, a, there was a teaser when it was first announced. Uh, with the, with somebody walking past a car, there was you know, um, and there's pictures and stuff like that that I'd seen and, and snippets here and there. But for the most part, I was going in blind. And the only thing of of near de Costas that I'd actually seen uh, prior to this, because she is, I mean, she she hasn't directed loads, has she? Um, so she did Little Woods. I haven't seen Little Woods. The only um, the thing that I have seen is the two episodes of Top Boy that she did. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, I forgot Top Boy. Which, I, ironically enough, is about um, young black kids in the, you know, the the UK equivalent of the ghetto and Cabrini Green with yeah. the tower blocks in London. Yeah. So... <laughs> she I already knew it. how to shoot this kind of stuff, yeah, like this did. kind of... <laughs> she did. This kind of vision. She already had a good idea of how to kind of show this visually... Um, visually, it is a stunning film. Um, yeah, visually, it, it's great. Not just the visuals of how the camera go, but the way we see the characters and the way we see the characters change, uh, especially our main character, Anthony, uh, played by Yaya Mati. I'm, not, I'm just, just going off the top of your head. I'm just going to say Yaya because um, Yaya. I don't want to. I don't want to keep having to say Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. I'm going to go with Yaya. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yaya Abdul. Um, yeah. Well, Abdul's part of his last name, isn't he? So we're calling the Aya. Yeah. So to keep this kind of surface level, his performance is very good. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was he was definitely one of the str- probably the strongest performance in the film. Yeah. Um, I mean, it mainly is on his shoulders. This film, yeah, it's mainly so. from his viewpoint. Other characters get passing. Tiona Paris as his partner. Yeah, she get she gets moments, um, but I would say that she is still quite often pushed to the back. Kind of, yeah. But I don't know if that's, you know, in terms of the writing. I didn't didn't feel like she herself was particularly. I don't know what that noise was. Which is rough. I don't know what it was. I just referenced that in case you're wondering what kind of ghoul is trying to transport (laughs) through your... Or what problem have I got with my speaker? (laughs) Um, But I think it's... uh, I was trying to stifle a hiccup. Um, The... 
Oh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> his um, with Tiona, Tiona, Tiona Maris, it, yeah. Um, I didn't feel like she had. You know, she she is clearly a capable actress, but I don't think she was given the space and the time to kind of fully extend on her character and some of some of the themes of her character i don't think she was particularly given enough time for it It did very much feel as if no. this is there is one aspect story that will of, be yeah, it. Yeah. we have to go into deeper in a, in a in a few minutes yeah um but with her character but this to kind of get with this is the running time yeah Although it's great to see a film that isn't having to feel like it needs to push itself to two hours. Yeah. I'm not saying this film necessarily had to, but it's definitely a film where it felt like we could have done with a little bit more fleshing out. Yeah. I think a little bit more time actually probably would have helped this film. Yeah. I mean, to sum up kind of what I thought before we get into the spoilers, um, uh, to kind of sum up, it was kind of like I said to you when we were walking to the car. We didn't really say anything to each other because we were like, we want to record we and then talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, I felt the first act was very interesting. Um, the second act built up, you know, was was building, was gathering momentum. And then the third act was was it was quite lackluster and was very quick. Yeah. Um, you said it was pretty much felt like a tacked on. Yeah. It of. felt like it was a film of two acts and then they kind of, it's like someone on. was writing the script and when we need I know to... where I want this to go, and but I, I don't finish. know if I can be bothered to finish writing. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? and I have five minutes to finish. Yeah. Like film. it's literally, it feels like a, it feels a little bit. The third act feels a bit half baked. Yeah. That like, was there were great point. ideas there, but, I would have liked a little bit more. And yeah. There are certain twists. There are going to be twists. Yeah. That, um, don't ruin them. I'm not ruining the <laughs> twist. Don't worry. There are certain twists that I just say that you might enjoy, but to me, I felt that it was just a bit quick and a bit unexplained. That's yeah. All. I mean, yeah. And so I think a lot of the, the, the candy man himself was good. The, the, the kills were interesting and shot in a very good good way um but i would say so with the with the kills don't expect to be seeing like full on yeah. gore this isn't a slasher it's not full on yeah, in your face no it's not um it, it, it's art, quite artistically done which as the art is a big part of this film kind of kind works. of makes sense yeah um but it's not full on but there are some really inventive styles and shots that are really yeah definitely that's what i found interesting um, um, and the cast are real. The cast are all. I I can't say there's anyone I necessarily thought was weak. No, there wasn't. Um, anyone you know, was or not anyone who was around long enough to make it weak. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 it's a hard one to say. And I will say now, I think that this will be a divisive thing between critics and audience, because when we were sat in the cinema with the people that were leaving, I heard a lot of them saying. That was a waste of time. Really? Yeah. A lot. Now, this was younger skewing, I'd say. It was younger. It was a group of girls and then another group of girls that came down the stairs, I think. And each of those groups said, oh, well, that was pointless or that was a waste of time or that was really, like, long and boring, even though it was an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe we've been in a yeah. TikTok <laughs> yeah. YouTube generation coming through there, um, which could be people listening now, in which case it might not your kind of film i don't well, know if you yeah. know you've got a short attention span because this is a film that although it's short i did say that at times i felt it 
didn't feel short. So the yeah. first two acts, as we said, felt really strong and really quite well laid out. Yeah. And it felt like it was really built. And I just feel like it never hit that perfect climax. Yeah. I've, it's it's more, you know, it's more hit than it is miss. Yeah. But I think I would be interested to see potentially a director's cut because there are there's there's bits of it that are done very well beautiful i mean it's a beautiful film to look at the color palette of the film near the cost has you know made it look very visually appealing it's all very kind of neutral and dull colors but they go go together very well so we've got lots i was of very of- much thinking i gotta be honest because we're on this trend with since halloween we've been on this trend of these and i gotta say yeah. visually i did very much feel the recent halloween 2018 very this one maybe a little bit more orangey hues and things like that kind of a little bit more yeah. burst of color at times you did use color sometimes a bit more than that which was kind of dark, but it is very much that kind of visual palette similar i found to halloween i found it very similar similar-ish to uh something almost like an a24 film yeah you know yeah. that kind of stuff I, mean. I think a lot of the where they're trying they're they're often trying to be almost serious almost sometimes it feels like you've got dramatic actors actors you wouldn't expect to be in this kind of film yeah brought into and same with say halloween or midsummer or yeah midsummer was a bit more colorful to be fair maybe hereditary is a better yeah hereditary is a good show um but yeah we've got that kind of that similar color pattern that we're seeing a lot of these ones that i don't know it's like the horror films that want to be taken more seriously yeah are using this very similar tone that we're seeing of kind of i'm starting to notice a pattern for the ones where when you've got good dramatic actors in it's like expected that it looks a certain way in a certain standard when otherwise they probably wouldn't be interested but that's probably because we're getting good directors doing these films probably (laughs) you know instead of getting people who are just used to doing you know sci-fi channel shite (laughs) yes yeah definitely um Um, i well that's the that's 15 minutes so i feel like we've given you um a little a little sum in something so that you you know you can go and you can check the film out uh, if you've enjoyed this little 15 minute yeah. chat, hit the subscribe button and follow for, us on Twitter for, oh yeah. and Instagram at CMTH podcast. Um, for our proper full on comeback, when yeah. you've watched the film to hear our proper opinions on certain parts and twists and turns of yeah. this film. Um, and probably to hear our actual official final rating and review of this. That'll be right at the end of this. So that's where we're going to have well, to say... Because they, because we know how shit spoilers are. We don't want to yeah. be those guys. So um, so we will give you... If you haven't seen get... it, run away. Now we're going to give you like... Five second countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Perfectly on 16. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There we go. It's spoiler time. So we're going to go a little bit more in depth, mainly into the points. We're not going to break down the entire film, but we're going to go into the points that really kind of caught on in our brain or yeah. taxes. Some of the deaths, some of the bits that I think yeah. will be hanging around in most people's name, and definitely some of those twists that we got towards the end. There. Yeah. Because I think it will it will be good to, to rewatch this again. And to visit it and rewatch it with that bit of an analytical brain. Because we went in just watching it, didn't we? And yeah. as fans and as, as hyped up, and we wanted to do a review. Um, so, Yahya Abdul Mateen II as Anthony McCoy was, was very strong. 
Yeah, I give I give him shout outs. I mean, we, yeah. So yeah, he he was very strong, and as I said, I think most of the film was on their shoulders. So I think there's a good reason that they were like, we need to make sure we cast someone who say, and he's a very up and coming. You've seen him in lots of things now, but he is building towards being a proper like big star. Yeah, what was um, he in? He's, he was in Aquaman. Aquaman. The get, he was the in get Watchmen. Down. Watchmen. The TV series, which I haven't watched, I but haven't I've heard that, is yeah. fantastic. Um, the Trial of the tra- Chicago Seven. Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, the whole list. He he's built quite a, in the last couple of years. Um, he has built quite a rep for himself. Uh, Tiana Paris. Paris. Parish. Paris. Paris. Uh, she, uh, I'm trying to remember her character's name. Brianna. Brianna. We are um, shit with names. Well. That's Anthony's girlfriend. Uh, yeah, we we just watched it, but <laughs> I literally can't remember her name already. Um, she, a lot of you might know for WandaVision. She was in WandaVision, and okay. she will be in Nia DaCosta's next film, which is The Marvels, which is the Captain Marvel sequel, and she will be in it because... In one division, she becomes a kind of superhero by the end. Nice. I so, never um, one division. No, I don't plan on to watch it yet, but that's that. Good I would her. watch it. It's very good. Good if, for you. Even if you don't like Taylor superhero Paris. shows, it's very good. Um, um, and then obviously Nathan uh, Stewart Jarrett, who I I always remember as Curtis. Um, playing. There's a similarity to be fair between Misfits and this kind of style in a way because that is set again in the kind of lower class community where they're in community service uh all kind of set place in this kind of urban kind of area in misfits and it's got a weird twist on like powers and twisted yeah but the two two characters he plays completely completely different characters though which is why at first i was like is that is is that him and i obviously haven't seen him since misfits yeah he's i'm sure he's been in loads but i just haven't no come across him um and then we had um Coleman Domingo as William Burke, which was great. And I really like the story of William Burke because that's the story that kicks off the film. Yeah. Um, is And is, is, I think when you... I went into this film kind of expecting it to be like we're getting at the moment with um, Halloween 2018, with the new Texas Chainsaw, you know, this kind of throwback where... It's it picks it's a direct sequel that picks up X amount of years later, and that's yeah. what I kind of expected with this. So it opens up, you know, in, in uh, Cabrini Green in 1979, I believe, and we see um, we see a young William Burke, um, at, you know, going in and doing laundry for his mum, yeah, and he sees the police outside. And you can see that the police have this discontent for the kind of local community. Um, yeah, so um, so Burke, uh, as we said, he comes in later, but at this point, obviously, we don't know who it is. If there's anyone out there listening who actually uh, hasn't seen the film but just doesn't care about spoilers, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. But just to make it clear that Burke is a character who plays a big part later on. But this scene, we don't know who it is. Not it's just really. a child going down to do laundry, as mum's told him to. Uh, there's a, we see a, the police waiting outside. We hear a kind of, uh, we see a sign that has a wanted. It yeah. looks a little bit like you can't quite tell it's kind of bad. So in your head, if you know from the previous ones, you might be thinking, oh, is this going to be... Tony Todd, Big and we get a flashback to to the to the OG. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, after he's uh, done with the washing and stuff, a piece of candy comes out from this creepy crack in the well, wall. Well, the, wasn't the crack in the original film as well? 
in and there was graffiti yeah, with there his was mouth there were a crack yeah there was a crack in the, yeah. the original that uh, would kind of and cracks are quite often played a quite role in that and even in their sequels i believe so yeah. it's they these kind of breaks between the mirrors and the reality and the yeah. one side to the other i think is played quite a lot in these in this yeah, definitely. franchise um and then obviously William screams, it alerts the police. The police, I mean, I don't think it's revealed until slightly later that the police came down and beat him to death, is it? They didn't beat no. William to death. They beat um, uh, the the guy's name, uh, Sherman Fields. Yeah, Sherman they beat him Fields. To death. Um, um, so Sherman Fields, I mean, you can see, so um, what it, the nice thing that they play on here, and something a couple of times in the film I was thinking, oh, I'd really like to know, like, so obviously at the beginning you just hear him screaming and it cuts to black and we get the view of like cities and stuff like that a really cool shot yeah um but what we get is i remember sitting there going if that's going to be like the child was murdered i'm going to find out kind of thing because of recent ones like it and things like that i was yeah. like oh, i feel like you could have shown that a little bit more in my head was my first thought when we were watching it obviously it comes back around and it's not the only time in this film where i sat there going is that all we're going to see of that i'd like to like at least get a little bit yeah more. Luckily, this film plays it some of it a bit out of order, so the yeah. people kind of get flashes to it when the story is told by the person later on. So we don't get that until Burke actually reveals it when he's talking to Anthony yeah, later, later on when when Anthony visits Cabrini Green. Um, so we do get a lot of this kind of storytelling isn't always as linear in this. Yeah, it's not. So, it sometimes not plays out differently. Yeah, it plays out a little bit cut up at times. Um, but also it's nice that with the Sherman character, the Sherman Fields character, turns out like they talk about the candy and the razor blades and things like that. And he obviously, the police believe that that's him. Yeah. Not a reason to then go and it's like tons of them. It's freaking like eight different police or maybe yeah. more that run into that thing and just, they don't even stop for a second. They just beat them. We don't actually see it. But you kind of get slight little flashes, and there are little but flashes throughout the, the film, and yeah, the screams, and, screams and. But he actually was being nice to the to um. What's his first? I keep calling it, William. William Burke. So the young William, he was actually being nice. Which he actually gave candy, him candy, and that was a really cool bit, to be honest. I thought that was really cool when. Yeah. He, you know, when he looks, when he hears something, and it's a bit of candy, and he turns around, and yeah, I thought that was a really good bit. But it also gives us nice flashes of how. Um, how kind of like it gives us our first flash of how each candy man is kind of a different candy man is represented in different points in time kind of thing yeah. as it's brought back. And this is our, our first one, which we will get to a bit more later, but it's the fact that this is like a black mentally, I think meant to in, imply that he has special needs or something like that. He's not yeah. quite mentally there. It might not be special needs, but he's not quite mentally there yeah. because he's almost taken on the visuals of the candy man, but he's not actually, He's not actually a murderer or a killer. I don't know. He was just given. Well, I because it, it's because it, it, he's already it's got a hook. A little on the bit hand. open to interpretation. Yeah, but it's more but, of a hook hand, like a he doesn't have like a an hand. They've given an amputee kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that one act to me makes it seem more like he was actually he just, just a, he was actually just a little bit. And I think I think that's know, crazy. The, I think that's and they the implication just it on him. I think that's, that, yeah, that's the implication that. But because of that point in history, we know that. 
if you were if you had any anything like that, if you were even depressed or things like that, you're basically thrown off as a men, you know yeah. mentally unstable. And then and if you're black, <laughs> they thrown out on top of it. Yeah, and that's the way you would have been like treated. And we do get lots of hints of this. Yeah, throughout the film, that did each one, as we know, well, you know, with the original Tony Todd version. Okay, you know, you would know the story of the original Tony Todd version if you've seen the original. Yeah. The fact that he's with the the the, uh, the white, woman. Ba- white woman basically he goes yeah. with a white woman uh he falls in love they fall in well, love with she each other pregnant. she becomes pregnant but then she runs back to daddy and like no this isn't you know she doesn't really fight for him and then he's horribly beaten and his hand is removed and a hook is shoved into his hand yeah, where covered in honey, bee, uh, bees yeah honey, honey and sure. bees and completely just yeah yeah completely destroyed and again that point in time, black man, white woman. No, that so this film, a big part of this film running through, it does have lots of things that it does have lots of statement about race throughout time. Well, the original, but well, the original short story and the original Candyman was, you know, very, very heavy on the kind of, you know, social aspects and particularly, you know, racism and the, the, I, the, the kind of throwback of forbidden love between uh, a black person and a white person. And I remember you saying in the car, you watched, um, when you watch Candyman when you were a kid, you think it's about, you know, the urban legend and and it's just about saying his name and people and dying. Slasher, yeah. uh, but it's a, it's a lot more, you know, I think when, as you get older and you start to understand films, yeah. you, you know, you read, you, you pick up on a lot of the subtext and I, I heard that because I read a couple of reviews for this. I didn't. I read one spoiler, which we'll talk about when we get to it, um, but which was a bit shit um, in the way in which I found out about it. Yeah. Um, but the a lot of the reviews I was I was seeing were that she either hadn't, you know, she either talks about because some of the two of the predominant themes in this are obviously gentrification, yeah. which is massive in you know in in society nowadays if you yeah. look at i mean obviously we're not americans so we i don't think we can really comment on the state of what they you know what they call the ghetto but over in here um if you look in you know large parts of london which are living in extreme poverty and places um which you know the tower blocks which would be our version of cabrini green yeah a lot of those areas are slowly getting gentrified and taken over um Oh yeah, you see it in London all the time. There's a weird thing with London where literally, if you walk around London, you could literally be so. For anyone in America, country things like Buckingham Palace that you know and things like that, literally, you could walk around the area of Buckingham Palace and be like, "Oh, this whole area must be so posh." But it's literally like you'll walk around one side and it will be extremely posh. You'll walk around another corner and it will be much more looking, much more run down, much more yeah, yeah much more lower class but it's almost as if they're trying to hide it around like you've yeah. got different corners but it's almost like no don't go down that bit stay on this path we're hiding this in the in the in the side streets and the uh, you know yeah and that's kind of what we're getting in london it's yeah that kind of, here's the big giant beautiful new housing estate and somewhere hidden in here might be an old, you know, that someone else, that the, yeah, the, the social housing, yeah, that, that they believe the lower middle to lower class could afford. Yeah. So the, you know, so one big theme that Nia DaCosta kind of does is the, you know, the gentrification. 
Um, and then obviously she she touches a lot on the kind on the black pain and the suffering, um, and it it does feel very you know topical given stuff like you know George Floyd and all of all of the you know like innocent black people yeah. in the UK it's, and America. It's definitely driven them. right into the story. It's it's throughout the whole film. We have race is a clear theme throughout, which yeah. isn't surprising. I mean, to link back to say definitely, I mean, it's not just because it's a black filmmaker, but to link to Jordan Peele himself. Pretty much all of the films he's done so far have had a major kind One of, of the themes race. Is, is... Themes of race. Yeah. Um, I would say, say as a comparison with that, that kind of theme, say where Get Out, which was very race-driven, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, weirdly, this film goes much more to a obvious point of race, I feel, at times, than Get Out, which I feel like was much more well subtly done at times. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people said that Nia da Costa was kind of... was very heavy-handed with... Well, I've seen Split. I've seen a, a split of it being done very nuanced. And then... Other people saying that it's extremely heavy handed mm. and it's kind of like it's just in your face, you know, in your face saying, look at this. And then there's no, you know, there's nothing there. And I, I don't I wouldn't go I quite to those extremes. No. I, I it, felt it was fair. It was fairly new. I'd say it's more towards the end. Yeah. Which, as, as you listen to the previous part, is, and that is a lot of where our problems with the film come. Yeah. Um, it's towards the end when it does maybe feel a little bit less nuanced and a bit more in your face. But I think that's more due but to the lack of time. Topical to time. Yeah, that's what I mean. It just feels like not built, but that, that is due to the time. Um, on that topic, I mean, there aren't many when I was like, oh no, this is really like, oh, you're really trying to push like race into... Uh... No, because the, you, like most of the time, I was like, yep, that's... That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, everyone knows this, so it's not putting it in my face. If you're doing something that everybody knows that these kind of things are happening, yeah, it's very, very clear. Even before things like Black Life Matter or anything like that, we all knew that these things happen all the time, and especially yeah. we hear about it happening in America, especially all the time. But we can't comment on that yeah. in a great in any detail. But we know that the the things that she talks about in the film about about race, about police, about in this film. And I don't feel I, the only, there's one scene in my mind, which I thought, uh, I don't think that that's quite true, but apart from that, and that was, what, what scene was that? so this was the bathroom scene with the teenage girls. Okay. Yeah. And that's only because, so, um, we're kind of going to this in there like a bit of a bit anyway, like yeah, jumping around. Like a we said, bit. it's not a scene, but it's scene not, we're not going scene by scene, but anyway, this is, uh, this is the scene where we get, um, a girl who we'd seen earlier in an art in Anthony's art gallery, looking at his piece and reading about Candyman, 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 yeah. Candyman. Candy well, there's no mirrors. We're times. not looking in the mirrors anyway, so we're... <laughs> I can't <laughs> see her mirror. Yeah. Candyman. Um, <laughs> the um, we see her earlier, but she didn't say it then. But then when she gets back with her friends, and they're all like they're looking on their phone about the latest topic, like the latest things on whatever yeah. feed they're looking at, and she's like, "Have you ever heard of the Candyman?" And um, we get basically a nice roster of there is a bit when it's like all of the girls in the mirror, each of them are kind of almost from a different like it's like each of them fills out your now needed of different subtexts of different types of girls that you could get of different, oh, yeah. of different race, gender, da, 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 except for one race, which is not included in their pack kind of thing of the four girls. And then 
when a black girl walks into the bathroom, it's pretty much implied that the other ones are picking on the black girl. Yeah, they she's are. the bullied one. Which I get that, but I just felt like that was a real like I was like with everything else that's happened, I felt like that was true when I didn't feel like putting basically it almost it was basically every other race. And then there was oh, the black okay. girl. Okay, so I see what you're saying. You see what I mean? Yeah. It was every other, and then it just so happens the one that's bullied, which I'm not saying isn't something that happens, and I completely understand that. And like, but it just that one was the only one that didn't feel naughty. It kind of felt. See, like, I did. Feel, I didn't feel that. I kind of just. I felt like that was like right there. I was like, okay, um, why? Why did it have to be? This scene was already kind of self-contained. So why did the girl that's like being banged at and like talked at and horribly kind of feels like she has to lock herself away. I didn't yeah. know why that had to be necessarily and why that she I, couldn't have been one in the uh, uh, part of the group. I think the, that my ration, the reason why I thought that was, because I didn't pick up on that. I just thought it was so that they have an excuse to leave because they, you know, they, they yeah. kick on the door and then they don't want to be in there, so they leave, and then the door's locked. So, and they they say you've messed up the door and you fucked it up. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pick up on what you picked up on, but I, that's on that's the beauty. That's kind of the beauty of interpretation. Of in things, the rest of this film, know? I didn't pick up on anything like like in that kind of way. But it just was that one scene where I just felt like a little bit like that's been is that not being a little bit on the nose? It, it that felt a little bit like choosing sides kind of thing. Yeah. And I didn't like, I just didn't quite think that one worked, but the scene that it's with the death scene yeah, with the great. girls was pretty, was pretty cool. Um, we've got, you know, we've got a hand mirror used as quite cool effect. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't quite see the candy man himself. I don't, f- not from a lot of the film. We don't see him. No, very much. It is all, he's very much used in the, the mirrors is when we get to see him. And I which, think, yeah. yeah. And I think for this... Which, in the original, again, we saw him much less in that way, and he was much more visually... We did get things like you couldn't see in that kind of, you know, in the original, in that kind of Freddy Krueger kind of way. You couldn't see who is chopping them up at times. Yeah. But in the original film, you did get much more of Tony Todd kind of being there. Like, although he's not yeah. in it loads, you definitely saw him kind of standing and slashing. There's a lot times. more, yeah. Um, was not too much, because as I said to you before, revisiting the original, um, I did find that I remembered it from a child being like slasher. Yeah. You know, like thing. And I think I was remembering possibly more the sequels. Probably. Whereas yeah. the original is much more what I would put as a like a thriller horror. Yeah, well, I've all, kind of way. I mean, I've always felt this about Candyman. Um, I've I've never felt that. I mean, yet he is up there as a horror icon, you know, um, and potentially, you know, with the, uh, um, you know, with the sequels, you you could say that he's up there as a slasher icon. But I've never felt that Candyman is a slasher in himself. No. I've always found that Candyman falls more in line with a Universal monster. You know, he's a tragic figure. Yeah. If you look at, you know, most kind of slasher icons or villains are like Freddy Krueger killed kids. The yeah. man was a pedo. <laughs> you know, Michael yeah. Myers killed his sister, the embodiment of evil. Jason Voorhees, you know, 
Jason is a little bit a little bit, but they never really play up on the transit part much. But Candyman was a you know it was about um, you know obviously it's like a vengeful spirit. It was a vengeful spirit. He was a you know he was a victim and he was purely innocent. He um, you know he took revenge. He stayed in his lane. You know he didn't kill people unless they summoned him, and it was about romance for him. You yeah. know, that's what his, I mean, it was always vengeance and romance that were his driving factors. Yeah, I think, as, and I think that's the thing. As I said, although I said we see Tony Todd more in original, he's actually not that much because Virginia Madsen in the original was kind of the main character. Yeah, definitely. Um, and in this one, uh, Yaya Abdul is very much, it's following him. The same way it kind of follows mainly, the story is mainly told through uh, Virginia Madsen's Helen in the original. Yeah, Helen Lyle. Uh, the, uh, there you go. <laughs> Lyle is the second name. Um, uh, Anthony McCoy, Yaya Abdul Mateen's character, is very much, he is what we're seeing most of this play out through. Yeah. Um, one thing I did when you were just talking then was um, the summoning part. That's another uh, little thing from the original that. Um, in the original, most of the deaths don't come from the person summoning Candyman, Candyman, don't so they? on. No. Um, so, so Helen does it when she's testing it out, but then a lot of the deaths come from people connected to Helen. So the baby where it goes, the dog that gets killed, that's because Helen is kind of almost, she's kind of slightly possessed. And okay. she's the one doing most, most of the killing comes from the possessed version of Helen, although you don't see it that way, you see as Candyman because then it, he leaves him. So in the original, it's a little bit: is it Helen chopping? Her, is that all in her head, or yeah. is it a thing? But um, there's not actually a huge ton of that Candyman thing, which is why in this one, which is one of my more negative parts in this one, was because in the original it kind of used it as a, a frame device to get Helen, and then a lot of the death came from the people around her. The same way that in this one around Anthony, a lot of the deaths are around Anthony yeah. kind of thing. And it's almost as if uh, it's Candyman is attached to her kind of thing. And everyone yeah. around her is therefore going to be linked as a victim to Candyman. Yeah. So in this one, when it felt like we had tons of different deaths, but each one had to do the summoning part of it. Yeah. That's what, that to me was one little note where I was a bit like, I know that that's the thing. And I know that's what most people know for, but Actually, one thing I liked about the original is that we didn't have to constantly come up with reasons for them to be saying or just being stupid and saying Candyman, 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 which yeah. isn't stupid because they didn't think it was going to come true. I get that kind of part of it. Well, did you ever do Bloody Mary when you were young? Yeah, the old, blood, yeah, yeah, the old Bloody thing. Mary. Yeah, so I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a completely stupid thing, uh, de- um, device. Yeah, I'm just saying that I actually think the original worked a way around that to not have to constantly have every death be that five lines and come up with reasons why yeah. that five line had to be played out. Um, so I think it just worked a little bit better in that way. And I kind of thought, and this was one of our main things was I thought a lot more of this was going to be linked to yeah. um, Anthony's character so I thought it was going to be a little bit similar to the original in that way. And I thought the death was going to come around Anthony because, again, the Candyman was going to be part of his, like, almost attached to him and the people yeah. around him kind of thing. And that's why the Candyman would begin to attack and kill people around him. Um, although at the same time, another 
big theme in this film is the idea that this is the reawakening of Candyman. This is bringing back the legend that had been forgotten. The gentrification has kind of caused them to forget about all those old myths and things of, and basically forget about the people of Cabrini Green. Yeah. So there is a bit of a, like several parts that kind of talk about the fact that Anthony is basically now through his art is brought back Candyman. That's why I did He's really, really like. brought it back. So that part I did really like. And yeah. That's why I get that the Candyman thing is done again and again because we're almost following all the different people that are remembering the Candyman thing and showing yeah. how it spreads. And that's the so idea. I do yeah. get that. I do get that. I just, I just, there's always a thing in my head where it's like, you know, when when certain films have to use a device repeatedly and come yeah. up with new ways to do it. Like if there was a sequel to this, for instance, which there could be, you know, in a way if we then did a sequel and we're having to still come up with devices for every single character to do the Candyman, it's going to yeah. wear very thin, very fast. Well, I mean, I had, I did, I liked, like you were saying, you know, he's kind of bringing the Candyman back through his, his art and his art is, I mean, one thing, one thing I really did enjoy is that when he, when he went to visit Burke in the laundrette, which kind of, made me laugh because i at first i thought he they just happened to be in a laundrette yeah i didn't realize that he was went on to run a laundrette yeah. so i was like he so must really I. love that laundrette yeah. from, the, from the start he's always there yeah he's always in, in the first laundrette. scene it just seems like uh anthony is just helping him to take his washing to the laundrette yeah that's what it seems that's like. what it seemed like and then it turned out he actually owns it he actually owns it um i like the idea that you know Candyman is the is an idea and, and a way for, like, I'm trying to think of how I can word it without it sounding rubbish because Burke put it much better than myself. <laughs> but the idea that kind of Candyman is how they, is how the police and how the kind of the authorities and how the people like that almost use the black people, the black people, so it's really weird, but almost use, well, kind of black people as a scapegoat almost you know yeah so that because and maybe that's because i mean if if, if we're looking at sherman's character maybe because it's he's he's obviously clearly well he's clearly black he's physically deformed he's got the hook and he he might have some mental issues going on you know yeah. it's easy to pick him because the the you know they found the razor in the kid's in the yeah, kids candy and kind of hide this black urban legend kind of away from the like push it away kind of thing yeah and this and almost in the same way as him as as they move the residents of cabrini green and they start to kind of gentrify that area they get rid of the candy man and they also get rid of the people the black people's kind of pain and suffering yeah. and uh and they try and it's almost like a way in which it's trying to be hidden yeah, you know? so, yeah, I think... Well, I thought that I was a really clever yeah, way that it, it. it was. I mean, that's what I mean. I think, you know, some people are absolutely going to hate these themes of gentrification and race. And some of you are just going to think it's like shoehorned or being shoved yeah. down your throat. And again, I don't think that that's the case. No, I, don't I think, think that done. these actually add to it. Because I think even, um, as you said, like, it's, it is that gentrification, it's almost... Not so much getting rid of the you know the pain, but it's hide. They're just trying to hide it all away. Yeah, and which is if you say, "Oh no, it's all being shoehorned in and yeah. stuff like that," you're kind of likely to be one of the people who actually goes, "Well, all lives matter." You know, yeah, you're yeah. kind of more. Ironically, you're more one of those people who, in real life, 
yeah. tries to hide black pain and suffering. So I mean, know? yeah, it, there's no, there's no saying that you can't find certain things in this film that, like, you might be, yeah, that, um, that's a lot, that's a bit much, yeah. I, I get that, but if you're completely just like, oh, we don't need to hear about any of that, well, then you're not really living in the real world. <laughs> and yeah, and you're not listening, and you're not listening to the central. I mean, that's one thing that I did, I found like refreshing about this film is that I think I'm sure that this is the the first uh, black person to work to direct a Candyman film. I don't know that. I don't know the I'm answer. Ninety percent sure, it... and it's also the first time a woman's. I'm going to double check now, but it's also the first time a woman's directed a Candyman film, I believe. Um, yeah. Let me have a look. Uh, well, I'll so, have a quick look whilst you talk. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to think of where we were just picking off of from the, 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 we went back to our identification and how it's all being like hidden away in those kind of scenes. And we were talking about William Burke. Um, so uh, William Burke, he's quite, as he he's not in too much of this film, is he? No. He only occasionally appears, but he is a big part of a twist, uh, a twist later in in the film. Um, and as we said, we got to see his kind of childhood playing out in that kind of way. Um, and Anthony is very drawn into this story. Yeah. Um, by what has happened, it, it's strange though. What one one niggle actually will have is that um, the brother character is the one who introduces the whole idea of the legend in well, he, the film. Well, he comes up with the legend of Helen Lie, doesn't he? Yeah, the he- yeah. so it's almost as if, yeah, they do kind of mention on the fact that... And that's the first... It's only, remember- it's only remembered when it, was a- when it was a white woman who was the one to die in yeah. the Green. Then suddenly people- everybody knows the story. And But oddly at the same time also, Helen Lyle in the original story that he tells, the brother... Um, Troy. Was that she went on a killing spree? Was that she went on this killing spree, and also that she went, she tried to burn the baby in the fire at the end, which you've seen in the original, isn't the case. Helen actually is is placed inside of the fire and manages to get the baby out, but suffers terrible burns herself. Yeah. So that's actually like I was sat there like mm, that's not how it played out, but you can see how. It's another nice way that it's retelling the original film, but the original film is kind of used to show how these myths can be twisted and turned. Because well, that's the nature of urban legends. It. Yeah, it, 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 that's what I mean. Each generation kind of takes it on and changes it a little bit, and you can see how it's been changed into this kind of bit by bit about who that baby is and where that baby, you know, and yeah, what, how Helen Lyle as a character as on one side we kind of we do kind of get to see like snippings that in one side in some papers she's kind of hailed as a hero whereas in that cabrini or the way that legend's gone passed on between black communities seems to be that she was actually more of the villain character so it's kind of played in different ways in the film and like that's a nice another little hint but it's also nice the way they show the original and in this scene we all we also get some of those and we got a little bit placed throughout the film is the puppetry the puppetry was amazing. The paper, the little paper puppets. The, yeah, uh, we puppet. actually we get like, at the very beginning. We get um, William that? Burke playing with a cop and a and a. I believe like he's got uh, just a, a dude. Yeah, yeah a dude. You know, I and I believe it's meant to represent him and his community. Yeah, and the policeman is running after, which kind of foreshadows what he sees. Yeah, later. Um, yeah, so there, there's lots of those lot of things, but 
I it's played so it's played so well. We talked about the end credits. Stay through the end credits because oh, that's one of the best parts of the film. I yeah, I genuinely. I was just sat there like this is really interesting. The way that they've shown the shadow puppets kind of playing out each of the Candyman stories. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, you know. And um, this is obviously when they because I think the first time we get this kind of animated um, puppetry properly is when we get the Helen Lyle story, isn't it? Yeah, is um, it when Troy? I could just. Um, when Troy, is when, it is when Troy yeah. said it, and then we get a different version. We get one with Burke as well. Yeah, when Burke tells it. Uh, anytime this story is told, we kind of tend to get a little bit of it, and uh, but it's slightly feet. different. Oh, and we also get it when we meet uh, Anthony's mum. Yeah, we get a flash of the real Helen Lyle story. Yeah, but whereas done with Troy, we get the incorrect. Yeah, Helen. Lyle but it's story. done well. You know, you've got Helen's theme over it, which. It's a, uh, it's it's such a a good and it's such an iconic, you know, mu- you know horror yeah. theme, isn't it? it yeah, it, it, it's a it's a really beautiful piece of music as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, um, which is it, it, which in the original played really nicely with her yeah. character. Um, and um, I'm just thinking of where we push. Next, so as we said, well, like, maybe I, some of the I think some of the death. I think it's an area we should like touch on yeah so some of the deaths in this film so we get like the um the art creator is the first proper death really isn't it the yeah. art creator and his girlfriend or his intern that basically yeah. he <laughs> he's been you know, he's been bringing interns in just to bang them basically yeah um that was one that was actually that was one scene um where they're both in the the art studio at night He'd kind of laid in to a bit and had a fight with Anthony earlier that night because, well, basically, well, Anthony's battered and he they're all saying that his art is his work shit. Basically, shit, basically yeah. there's nothing interesting about it, and Anthony takes that personally, quite personally, would, from the, the the critic as well who was in there as well, who we'll yeah. come back to. Um, uh, this was only one bit. This was one bit when I felt that the scripts, the writing, the dialogue. This was one. This was the only scene where I really thought, oh, the dialogue's a bit shit here. <laughs> like the, the 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 stuff that he was spouting about her and stuff like that, and she saying things like "come over here, bitch," and like him, some of the stuff he was saying, which were you know sexist. It was like straight away as if this character suddenly had to be this sexist pig that Anthony yeah. was describing earlier. Everything that came out of his mouth the second we were left alone with him was just horrible. But it was basically that's, that's how yeah, he actually is, you know. We get a lot of people like the critic and stuff. She basically implies artists when, like, when she says that his work, but like when yeah, when she says that she says that Anthony, the critic in the gallery earlier, it basically implies like that the artists are the ones that kind of cause this gentrification, that they're the ones doing it. But she says, "You people, you people, yeah." And, and, and it's quite obvious that she doesn't mean she says she means artists, but she obviously you get a feeling like you get a little something, you know. And um, she really hates his art. Yeah, like she can she can tell the disdain in her face that she just thinks that this is just like you get in one way that he's using, you know, the the horrific events of another an, an, an urban area yeah. to make his art. So you can tell in one way why someone would be like, no. But at the same time, you also feel like she's just being snobbish straight away about it. Yeah. Um, um, but a lot, of the, a lot of the deaths are, are well done um, for the most part. They're kind of... Um, I mean, it's really cool. So this this first death in the gallery um, we're, with the uh, the showroom director whatever he is i can't remember what his job yeah, really is he's basically dealer, art dealer 
um, and his intern. This is the first time we get to see that whole mirror image really play out. Yeah. Where we see his girlfriend, uh, his yeah intern, get her throat just sliced. It just that was cool. suddenly just you see just her throat like you don't see anything invisible. This well, you see throat sh- just bursts open. Really, doesn't well, you it? see sh- you see um you see Sherman Fields kind of as to, uh, once he's been summoned by Anthony. You kind of see him. Oh, you do in see bits of mirrors, don't you? Yeah, we've seen him. We see him a couple of times from when Anthony says Candyman. And it is quite cool the way that we just sit like yeah. I, I, I literally remember you just sat there like oh shit. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> you I saw him in the background, like in the in the mirror, that you didn't know in the know. in when they were in the Anthony's in their flat, and you can see him in the window behind them, like oh it's already started. Yeah. Um. So she gets her her throat sliced. You do kind of get little mirror images, but then you properly see him slicing that through was really cool. the uh, the screen uh, the the screen the. What, they what would we call it? It's something that you project on the canvas. Cam- yeah. Uh, and you see here, you just see him walking along the hook and then they show the actual canvas just splitting and just like seeing really it getting cool. cut. And the other really cool part of that shot is that when he gets to the end of ways cutting, There's a bit blood. of blood that just comes down. The yeah. It looks really awesome. And then obviously when he tries to run out and he gets stabbed in the leg and, and when he's getting like floating, in, floating yeah. in the air and um, yeah. I mean, it definitely. I forgot how much Candyman's is very similar visuals to Kruger's. It kind of is, isn't <laughs> like, it? Like to that kind of their float, like Tina in the original. It's, like, it, all... it's very much that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but weirdly, at the same time, I'd also say that we we do visually see less than we did with say that even back then with Tina and that. We don't really see that much of them getting split open or things no like. there's not we see a lot more of him like floating and getting kind of cut and running and we see his face hit the ground in a big splat where his nose is obviously just broken as he, his, yeah. his face has hit the ground and him getting kind of dragged along and screaming but then we get a lot of like he's pulled around the corner or a lot of the death shots are like from a distance or kind of disturbed so you don't yeah. really see it for long you don't i don't think i think that Throat ripping open is one of the one of the ones you only see, ones yeah. where you actually see it kind of happen. Yeah, the rest of them are all very much like say. So that's one thing. If you are someone who's like, oh, I can't wait to see this because it looks like on the trailers it's going to be really gory. Mm. There's not a ma- there's a lot of blood, but there's not. Yeah, if you're expecting to see, you know, body parts ripped open or things like that, I, like even Halloween was far more graphic than this. Yeah, is. I wouldn't. Um, say, there's not a particularly high body count, is there? There's kind of no. Well, there's maybe three. So there's the art dealer, his intern, the critic, the four girls. And the, actually, yeah, saying that, there is actually quite four a Four girls die in one scene. So Four girls, but then there's all the the police officers at the end. Yeah. So, so there's, actually, there's, there's a, a lot fair more about it. It's more than, it's more than uh, some other horror films, yeah. to be fair. Um, and more with this the way that you're feeling at building is actually probably more than you're probably expecting when you're watching this play yeah. out because it is, even though it is 91 minutes, it's quite a slow burn, I'd say. Yeah, way. it is. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't have a pace, but it, it's a slow kind of build, um, definitely throughout the film. But my main problem with that was because when we get to act, I'd say when we get to act two, we start, they, they, they start to tease a bit of a body horror aspect. They do. So uh, earlier on, when when um, Anthony first visits Cabrini Green, um, he gets bitten by a um, 
you get, get stung, stung by a bee. By a bee. Yeah. And then the bee goes onto the floor and the bee gets swarmed by ants, which was really That's cool. a really cool show, yeah. And it's a re- and it's really good symbolism as well. Um, and from there, his hand starts to get more and more infected. Um, Definitely was there going, by the time his hand literally looked like a thing, I was like, how the fuck have you not thought about going to the doctor yet? Exactly. Like, there's, like, there's like men... Yes, men, we are shit with that kind of thing. We're like, yeah, it will oh, be fine. It'll get better. It'll be fine. That would have been when it was like a little bit like like that would have been when it was like just a big mound of like red and blotchy yeah. and swelling. But by the time when it starts to turn black, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. When that part of his hand looks like it's basically ready to just break off, that's yeah. where I was like, "How the fuck are you not?" Well, his hand, well, it looks like roast beef. <laughs> he lets it go until it's literally all the way up his arm and like started to touch a little bit of his neck before he's even yeah. tried to go to a doctor. Yeah, so that was a bit like okay. But, but I was expecting, uh, you know, I, I kept expecting a scene where he was going to peel his hand off or something and there was going to be a hook there. Yeah. And he would become, a, you know, like a physical manifestation. It seemed like he was literally, this body horror aspect was that he was slowly trans... And he, he visually looks like it. Um, it's it's really quite cool when we get to see the way his skin his basically looks like basically like a beehive doesn't it it yeah, looks like that he, was really cool the pores have all just opened so wide across his whole skin his skin is kind of coming apart a little bit in yeah. like little tears and things like that and like half of his body basically has become like a beehive and that was amazing um which is why i was expecting okay here we go you know it's got us the third act of this is going to start um really picking up you know and then, um, I mean, yeah. should we before we get before we jump to kind of the end because we I don't want to I don't want to speak about the whole film because no. I want people to watch it. I just no, speak I think the main th- there's a lot that kind of plays out for a set, and and I'd say was, some of it is the the build up to this is something that I don't think we need to go too much into. I think that's something that you should really see for yourself Definitely. because a lot of what what really works about this film is that build up. Yeah, is the way that we kind of. We get to know Anthony. We get to follow him to Cabrini Green, and uh, we get to kind of the the art thing, which for some people might be like, "Oh, I don't know." I I felt it works. It symbolized quite nicely. Well, I like kind the of I like the parallel between um, you know uh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> between um, between Anthony McCoy and uh, Daniel Robertel. Yeah, both artists. Yeah, you know, both. we've got that link back. Kind yeah, of thing. So. both, uh, and I just I like the way that the the vision and his his art actually plays a role in how he's beginning to change as well. Yeah, it's that's much cool. more graphic and fi- his art is way better when it becomes. <laughs> like, it's really cool. I like the the portraits of each yeah, Candyman awesome. is really cool. Like the the skulls and, and the, the one that looks flesh like the one that looks like Tony Todd is a very cool. Yeah, yeah, Tony Todd in those little brief parts. Yeah. Um, is is really cool so that kind of all plays into it nicely as we we mentioned earlier uh Tiana paris uh as his partner although she does play a bigger bit in the ending she's mainly is just like a background we kind of follow her like that yes yeah, she's got her own career she's not really believing uh, she's not really believing any of this troy yeah you know we get a lot more kind of the it's if anything, her character quite often films more feels more of a way to for anthony to us to know that he like there was already kind of little strains yeah. that were already there, which is why she wouldn't believe him, and why he might start to have little you know 
distance between them yeah. and, and change the like And the Troy character is very much used as I, I don't want to say he's, he's he's almost a slight little bit of comic relief when he comes in. Yeah, um, I mean, he had a boyfriend who I kept expecting to be one of the victims. I so kept expecting I. there was well, a scene when the brother when the boyfriend walks off while they're talking about the whole Candyman thing. I was literally expecting the next scene. I was expecting them to finally believe it. Because I was expecting the boyfriend to go off into the bathroom or something, do it, and then they just that, see like a giant blood splatter, you know, that kind of thing. And that was one of the um, loose threads I felt. I felt yeah, like there was a thread the, there with that boyfriend that kind of like I felt like there was something else. That, and it, yeah, it, well, I felt it was it was one for me. It was one. That was the, a small one. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It just. I wish that the, that some more of the central cast had potentially died. Yeah, like you know, like the um, well, like yeah. Troy's husband, or even Troy himself. You know, just because uh, it's more impactful when a main character. I mean, yeah, I, w- I was literally expecting. I was expecting, say, Troy and that. To di- I was expecting them to die. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even going to be surprised if um, if Brianna. Uh, Tiana Paris's character died. I was expecting because in the original, it's literally like her best friend dies, yeah. her husband dies, they people all... die all around her. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting more of them when re- it is lots of side characters who all die, and or characters who have who. I mean, I, I like that the um, you know the the schoolgirls die. I like that. It's a really cool scene. It shows you know how the legend spreads, spreading. And... Just for a simple thing of watching it, but they're not. They, they have no no connection to the actual story. No, or anything they're literally like just that, in no. one scene. One of the girls is in one scene in the art, art gallery, gallery, and then we see her later on. That's just to show that there's been another death. But again, all of these deaths kind of popping up, but there's no nothing about any police investigation about anything like that. Anthony is it both? <laughs> Anthony is both could be partially linked to the fact that his art is linked to the first one. And the so second again, one. And, and the third he one. was literally there moments before the second one. So again, I was expecting, like in the original, where they start hunting Helen down because they're like, yeah. you're so clearly linked to this. It's your art. And you were with that. Re- like To say that nobody spotted him coming out of that big building, I just it was like, yeah. I was like, maybe. But... Um, and again, it, it, this um, this death scene with the reporter actually—that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that's where he literally like he's like he sees himself in the mirror. This is a shot you might have seen in the trailer where he's like his hands moving, yeah. and the 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 candy man is uh, moving at the same time as him. Yeah, uh, that's the Sherman Fields version that we're mainly seeing in this film. Yeah, um, where that's moving at the same time, and he's looking in the mirror, and he, and this is when he's noticing that his hand is almost changing or reacting to the same way the candy yeah. man is. Um, and then he, it's almost as if he knows he needs to get out of here, and he sees a slight reflection in the bathroom awesome. of him, of uh, of Sherman originally, and so he's like, and then he's like, I need to get out of here. It's as if he knows that it's something really bad is coming because when he finds out about the reporter's uh, death, the critic's death, um, he he straight away no, like as soon as he hears about it when he's at the dinner table, he straight away like. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I knew this I was coming. Yeah. Um, but we literally see her literally just get lifted off the ground. It, it's kind of a little bit looks like maybe, I don't know if she's had a hook under the, the throat or something. You can't really see yeah. because we're at a distance, but it's really nice the way that 
and this is probably the one we get to see actually play out the most, but we're seeing it from a distance. Yeah. Um, but then her whole body just gets dragged along the windowsill, and it's really creepy. I thought it was yeah. really quite creepy. It was, it was cool, but and we start blood. zooming out. Yeah, and then we start seeing everybody's just going about their lives and doing yeah in the other parts, and then there she is. So it's a beautifully shot scene. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it probably actually my favorite, actually is my favorite death of the yeah because I I just thought it played out so nicely. Um, but yeah, so we we get that scene. Um, but it is just this kind of how did he not start to get more attention anyway by this. That, yeah. that kind of point but again then the deaths do start kind of linking off to people that aren't that closely linked to him yeah and we kind of run out of close characters to him dying yeah so then this is when i expected to start seeing Amazing. more people in his life in his exact life die yeah and we never get that which is, you know fair enough it, i guess that's quite a common thing in horror to have the main people around him die. But then at the same time, there's a kind of a reason for it because it's more impactful because those are the characters that we've had any character develop. And we've had most time. We, the only thing we, most of the people that die are, you know, not people that have kind of wronged him in a way, which again, that's not completely untrue of the original. Quite often it was people who, who wronged her. It is a spirit of vengeance, not necessarily just of anyone. But then if that's the case, then the, the girls in the bathroom scene kind of contradicts that. That it's just him going after like Anyone people who have wronged people, people yeah. have wronged. Well, I guess you it's know. the idea of it coming back, and I'm guessing that the woman said Candyman when she was in the, to- in the yeah. Movie. That's what we we assume that she. We don't yeah. see it happen, but we assume it happens. There was also another thing. This was just a little uh, little thing that popped in my head. So um, after the scene, when he finds out about her death at the dinner table, yeah. which is with these really snooty upper class one of them's like the white guy who makes a joke about the other ga- a gallery which i thought was fairly funny that like that he had to die yeah, to funny. get to a room of it um and um we do kind of find out this is this is one extra thing so we get as i said most of the time we only get scenes with brianna when it's like related to her job yeah like we for some reason we follow this trail of Brianna, like, and this is going to link to one of the main flaws I think yeah, we have. Yeah, definitely. Brianna, we get shots, a few shots of her and Anthony, and then we get shots of Brianna and um, talking at that table, and then we get that she's gone to meet that person, uh, the, the the lady that wants to talk to her, yeah. um, that she could have a job for her to be part of this museum and things like that. So we get this. I, I get that we're fleshing out her character in that way, um, and we do get another little kind of theme here, which is the idea that basically we get it with Anthony, that Anthony suddenly becomes a lot more favourable to the critic before yeah. she dies suddenly because his art is linked to the death. Now he's worth something. Yeah. Because he's linked to that death, which, yeah, I was like, yeah, I completely buy that 100%. Yep. Doesn't ma- that, 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 it doesn't matter who you are. That kind of thing would probably happen because you're linked to something that's been in the news. There you go. Suddenly you're worth something in the eyes of these people. Yeah. In the eyes of art. It's not about the art. It's about the fact that what's what's the story that makes money. And his story about the Cabrini Green, even though he thought that was a really interesting story, everyone else was like, no. it's urban. It's played out. It's yeah. boring. It's done. Whereas now it's linked to a death, an actual death of a white gallery owner. And suddenly... Your art's worth something. Yeah. So I, I did like I did like that. And uh, Brianna gets her own version of that when the gallery, this museum 
the lady now in charge of the museum who's like talking to her about a job um, and creating her own kind of piece in here. She then gets her own piece of this kind of thing <laughs> when she basically has only brought her there because now Anthony is big. Yeah. And she yeah. wants a piece of that. The only thing I would say that I like, so I get that. It continues that theme. That works. The only thing that confused me was, well, she was just at a fucking table with Anthony, sitting at a table and completely ignoring the guy who's the only reason she bought Brianna for the job. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Why? It, why <laughs> like, they were all treating him like he was just wasn't even a second-class citizen. So I was like, they obviously don't care then. And then she says... Well, Brianna that, wasn't even sat next to him. No, and then she says that that's the reason that, oh, it could be really interesting because you could make... He could have his own his own kind of gallery piece all about his series of work. Yeah, kind of, and it's like you were just at a fucking table ignoring. Him. Why do you need her? That Talk was kind to of him. interesting. Like that was that to me. That was a that was a hole. That was a yeah. thing where they hadn't really thought that through. That and, was a. Like, but yeah. then to stick on the Brianna line, then know. we get to the real one, which is the one I know that really kind of annoyed you. And as a loose friend, I would say it annoyed me. Not annoyed you. Yeah, no, that's sorry. Really that's a, that was a bit strong, but. Uh, it was one that I thought in my head and you thought like this was I thought a they running were... time problem or maybe thing yeah. is um, I thought they were setting up you a, said. I thought they were setting up an, uh, you know a proper swing with this um, so it, we it's basically revealed through flashbacks or flashback that um, Brianna's father was an artist and that he killed himself I really like that scene yeah um, me too because he sat on the window and he says and she's like, what are you doing there? And then I, I actually laughed. And, and she goes, did you know your daddy can fly? And I was like, that's quite funny. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit like morbid, but it's pretty morbid. funny. There, are some, there is a bit of dark humour in yeah. here. Jordan Peele's he has other ones has a bit of dark humor. And so And then he obviously, you know, he jumps out. And so we have this kind of revelation that Brianna, uh, you know, has had a traumatic experience in her life. And she's experienced, you know, um, unfortunate deaths. Um, potential and mental health psychotic breakdowns that kind of stuff yeah mirroring what's happening to anthony um so there's that then, nice link between the two that's characters that nice well. link. and we see this bit play out in like a dream a, a dream upon a dream actually because she wakes up and then she yeah. sees a candy man like figure or i don't know if it was a candy man like we couldn't actually see it like i think it was. it was quite dark i didn't know if it was that it was maybe it was, like her father or something no was and i was like sherman. i think it was sherman and then she wakes up again yeah um so we we have this suddenly we've like oh there's a link between the dreams and the nightmares and the conflicting feelings of what anthony's feeling and what brianna's feeling which yeah. was a really nice link there was yeah that which was nice. however for me <laughs> yeah um we then see uh troy which is brianna's brother we see them talking and they say you know the storage mum's selling the storage and they have to get rid of her dad's paintings. And she's like, I don't want them, you know, I'm not going to resell them or anything like that. And then that's, that's they kind of don't mention it anymore. And they don't really mention Brianna's father anymore. There's no resolution and it no. just goes nowhere. And I was hoping... They said that his art in that scene, yes. they say, don't they? They say his art is really, um, like, it should it should be shown kind of thing. Troy yeah. says, like, do you not want, like, there's something there. That, do you not think people are going to want to see it? as if it's either a case of there's something that they think is good there or that her father, because her father's dead, maybe picked up some kind of cred and that's why they could add something to it or make something from it or just show it off instead of it just being thrown away. Well, see, Like, just don't throw away the yeah. past. Well, I thought it was going to be that. It was going to be revealed. I'm going to sneeze in a minute. Um, 
that's not what's going to be revealed. <laughs> um, Big reveal. <laughs> Uh, I humbly apologise. Um, probably Bless sounded you. horrid. Thank Bless you. you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I thought that it was going to be revealed that her father had been doing paintings similar to Anthony mm. and had been drawing stuff around Candyman and that he was slowly going through this transformation to become the Candyman. And, and he realised that and that's why he killed himself. Which that's would have been a really good... Like that's that would have, been, that would have, that would have made hit. a much more content, and it would have made Brianna's character much more like linked to this story. Yeah, because as I said, we've got all this build up and this link between her nightmares, her dad, yeah, Anthony's character, and what he's going through. This kind of conflict between both of them, this kind of background, and we don't really get any we resolution don't. to it. There's no, no, no and it it just feels wasted. Like yeah. there was a good like whether it was your link or whether it was linking her father to something more like an oppression or something like that kind of thing, yeah. you know, something that would have linked us into this story. But instead it now just feels like a wasted scene. And yeah. It's a good scene that could have been much added much more depth to this story. But yeah, again, it's like, why did you, why was it there? I mean, I'd like to believe, like you said before, like you'd like to see a director's cut. I'd like to believe there's more. That they have cut a lot. Uh, yeah, I would like that to. They, the, I don't know, maybe Nia DaCosta just likes it tight. Yeah. You know, likes a tight edit, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like she just wanted it to be like a like a tightly edited film and she just felt there were things to remove. But I like to believe that there's more and there, were, there was more to this kind of story because it, otherwise it just feels a bit like, okay. Well, that's, I mean. It's, and... it, it's given complexity to the character, yes. But not um, for but me. Not if it, it also makes it feel like a wasted opportunity for a character that could have had more to this story. Yeah, it feels like it make it would make the character better if it was somehow linked into the um, you know. And as twists go, into... I gotta be honest. And linking to what you said earlier, as twists go, that way that you just played it out would have felt more original to me than the one that I was already assuming could be part of this. I just didn't know if they were going to be that straightforward with it. And this is the one that was ruined for you. Yeah, so I read a review. I'm not sure where it was from. Um, for and, Burning Hell. For Burning Hell. <laughs> and basically the opening of it was like, you know, um, Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Um, um, you know, a 2021 reboot. Um, the Anthony... The baby from that that is seen uh, at the end of Candyman is now grown up, and it, and I was thinking, oh no, I was like, okay, so I told Seb that on the way to the cinema. I was like, oh yeah, so he's he's actually the baby and he's grown up, so it's kind of a bit of a is continuation. Yeah. And then we got there, and it was so like you probably thought that Sherman in the beginning might have just been him a little bit later, you know, yeah. and it was ninety nine, so it doesn't quite work out time wise, but that kind of thing, like in your head you might have been thinking, Oh, is that child or with Mike Sherman later he's grown up? Yeah, so I was a bit like Okay, and then they revealed it as a twist, didn't they? And it we was like, clear meant to be a twist that should not have been revealed in anyone's opening review. No, it shouldn't um, uh, now, uh, because I'd seen the original and I saw the baby and things like that, I was thinking, oh, for the I bet this is going to be some way they go down. But yeah. when Rob mentioned that to me earlier, when when we were driving there, he was like, "Oh," and I heard it. Yeah, and I, it's like he's the he's the child from the original. I was like, I was there, like sitting there, like I don't think that, I don't think that's been revealed anyway. If that is, I feel like you've either heard miscommunication, yeah. or do you think? So I was like. Has he just revealed the twist? I don't know. And, um, and then for that's me, that's not the full twist. There's another twist. No, but, um, but this is for me. This is where the the, the kind of 
the wheels start to come off a little bit because then this it, is our build up to the fin- to the finale. to the third act. Yeah, and I think okay, we're gonna get, we're getting into the third act now, and then it's just kind of over. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not kind, like no, it's not. You're the baby. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but Anthony's transformation, like transformation, like we've had that awesome body horror scene where his nail and he's pulling it hmm. off and. The body horror part was really cool, and it really, as we mentioned before, felt like we were building towards this. He was going off. We see him standing in the middle of Cabrini Green, just standing there, you know, in his in his overall, his paint covered overalls, yeah. with his face now most like up to his cheek is now covered with the like, starting to get more and more like that. Um, and then we don't. Well, that's the last we see of him. And yeah. then we go back to Brianna in the apartment with Troy clearing stuff out, and she sees the pen from Burke's yeah. uh, laundromat and thinks, "Okay, well, he Anthony was Anthony's revealed to her. He seemed quite crazy. That's why she left him because he he was yeah. mentally smashing. He was smashing mirrors and he'd done those awesome paintings of um, yeah. of the of the, the Candyman, candy candy the previous Candyman, the Candyman, the Candyman. <laughs> you know, next big next career, series, yeah. big superhero group, <laughs> the Candyman." Candy um, but um, we see all of those. Um, we see all of that happen, and that's why she's gone. And we see her with Troy, and she thinks I should go and see Burke. Yeah. And then this is where we get this kind of scene where, where she goes in and she kind of gets locked inside the lawn. She gets locked inside the door of the laundromat yeah. and think, oh shit, Candyman. Even Mr. though she Candyman. hasn't said it, Mister Candyman's decided to come pay you a visit. Yeah. Um, and we see her kind of get grabbed. With what looks like it did look it like Sherman's like jacket. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I was literally almost expecting her to just like get killed off screen because we, most of them had been off screen. Yeah. I was, we saw her get pulled away. I was waiting because it lingered for a second. I was like, are we about to see like just blood like splatter over yeah. the, the clear glass? But no, we go from there to in the middle of a Cabrini Green church. Yeah. Um. And she's tied up to a chair. And that's when it's revealed that William Burke is. Well, this is the part where we had to look it up to actually yeah, know what to his motive after. was. Because I didn't feel like it was very clear. No. And it felt so rushed. This, this, was, this is the main twist, I guess, is that William Burke, who we've, we saw in the first scene of the film, and we also see another scene that he tells us, a, we see a flash of his him when he was a child and his sister did the candy yeah. and gets and gets murdered. He, he saw her brutally. Again, we don't see it. We kind of just see blood splatter all over the bathroom and we see him looking at it. We don't see it straight on. We don't yeah. see any children murdered in this film. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to see yeah. it. I'm just saying maybe at times in this film, I would have liked to see have seen a little bit more than just quick flashes. Yeah. Um, but William Burke saw that and so basically, I believe the idea is that, I don't know, you, you read it a second ago. Do you, do, do you, want, so, I think, do you want to explain this? Yeah, so I f- the idea is that um, he has he plans to have Anthony gunned down by the police. Cause he, so he rings the police and he puts on like a, old, like a white lady voice, doesn't he? Yeah, he does randomly. Away, but, yeah, we are wondering who, like, who's the person on the phone? Yeah, like, I thought, oh, that's somebody else, but it's Burke, and he's saying that there's, you know, there's a, there's a black man wandering around Cabrini Green with a, with a, with a hook, and he's going mad basically. Um, and then he starts, you know, I, the idea is that he wants to change Candyman from a symbol of kind of, you know, black pain and. 
persecution and stuff to a vengeful spirit. Yeah. But it's, but we had to read that, didn't we? Because it's not very clearly shared. Yeah, because what I said, I said, because you said that you were like really like, uh, I, I can't remember what you, you, you said, but you, you said you didn't really get the reasoning behind that at no. all, like why. And I was trying, I was literally trying to come up with like reasons. I was yeah. like saying to you, like, I think, like, I think because all of the other can, like, everything else that all the other Candyman had to be created by some kind of act that has been thrust upon them. So, yeah, you know, the, the original with the Daniel with the, you know, the, the making love to the white woman and <laughs> making love. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what we're going with. Making love to the making white woman. Making love to the white woman. Um, wow. And obviously uh, uh, Sherman, I keep wanting to say Samuel, but Sherman, um, and then all the with, about his you know stability and things like that and then there are also several others that we get shown you know there's even a child one that was a child yeah. isn't there who yeah. like was lo- was locked up just straight away all fingers were pointed towards that person um and um i was sorry to say that uh, it has to be like they have to be correct they don't just become them whereas we thought the twist in this film was the idea that the body horror would turn him he was turning into that kind of character. Yeah. He was turning into a, a a human embodiment of that character. That's what we were kind of thinking. That's what it kind of seemed. And I got to be based on. We will talk more about this twist, but I preferred that idea. The body horror that he becomes. Yeah, so did I. Like almost like a vis- like that he'd become this more me- like version of him, possibly until he's killed, and then he would become the spirit version. But at first, he would become like a human version yeah. embodiment of the Candyman. Which kind of would link to why in the original film Candyman kept the baby because he was almost trying to bring the Candyman myth back to life. Yeah. Um, which again, for me, because William Burke is the one who tells him the proper story of the Candyman and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But we did get Helen Lyle's story before with Troy. And one of the other things that was like, the first time we hear about it, obviously, is the Helen Lyle story, but we hear about the Candyman character and things like that. But we, do we hear about the Candyman five times in that part? We don't, do we? In the Troy story, the original story, the, the first time we hear about them. no, I don't think we hear Do the you, whole. The Candyman's not spoke about that. No, the whole. It's just Helen Candyman. Lyle, and then when he when he meets Burke, yeah, she's the Burke says she was looking for the Candyman. And okay, he's like, yeah. what's Candyman? So that gets away one of the things because one of my negatives I had is that Troy is the one that introduces and has no reason to link back to yeah. him. But I guess the idea would be, and there's a lot of this. There's a lot of I guess just me trying to fill in the blanks is I guess William Burke may have had some idea that, that he was that baby and that's Maybe. why he uses him to be that embodiment. Yeah. Kind of thing. that's why he tells him the story and he tells him about the candy man five times because he's trying to get him to start to become that. But I guess because of the other versions, it doesn't completely why, you know, like in the original Helen gets kind of, spiritually possessed a little bit by but she doesn't visually transform or change no and then this version is so you've got to again make that kind of link that i guess the original baby is almost becoming whatever Candyman did is that's causing this to be different and this is why it feels a little bit like we've we said before we've got ideas but there's no fleshing out of those days this william burke thing is explained in like one scene yeah i'd say most of the ideas kind of work it's just it seems as if the end is, you know, 
it just seems like the end it starts to become a little bit messy and it, you know it comes yeah. up, it, it falls it, down a this is time. where we said the timing thing this is yeah. the main thing the third act does not feel like a complete third act it feels like a part of a third act yeah it feels like the ideas which could have been idea good ideas but because it's so sudden i feel like the william burke thing just doesn't work because it's just so like okay how the hell did we just get from body horror transforming she's looking for anthony to suddenly we're in this church and you're telling us that you're re-embodying and reimagining what Candyman is yeah like it just seems so quick and like okay i'd like to lower a little bit more i don't want you to spend ages exposition but i feel like there are some interesting ways you could show this or give us more of william burke's background or story because up until this point he seemed like someone who's been through awful things but has somehow turned twisted and again yeah. we didn't get the whole that he's trying to t- now turn this into almost a vengeance of good or something i don't know like a vengeance against evil within the world instead of a vengeance is that what it I was like? i'm a bit lost yeah i'm a bit... a bit kind of this is i just felt like this is a bit of a yeah okay like um where else with william but good like it the way it plays out um this is a one where i feel like some people might have said it's not not nuanced in that way yeah is the whole way this plays out so william burt starts chasing brianna yeah um, we uh, we mentioned before we see the full version anthony's almost become where half of his whole face his eye is blind his, yeah his boy is now just looks like honeycomb must, half of him is he allergic to it or something <laughs> i don't know allergic to bees like he's just yeah. had a terrible reaction to yeah, yeah. He's, he's not actually been transforming into anything this is just a film about a guy who really should have got <laughs> he's a, really, he's really, really should have got a shot yeah to fix he's his really allergic to bees yeah, yeah. like seriously um but uh, he starts chasing Brianna through the, you know, what's left of the green and green, like houses and stuff like that. Um, there's quite a cool in the dark scene. Yeah, there was. I where mean, it's like flashes of light. Like, that's what I'm saying. This is sounding very negative. But, like, as we said, visually, character, like, uh, actors and stuff like that, they're all playing it, re- like, really well. It's it looks it looks really cool. This kind of scene where the light's flashing and it's kind of suspenseful. Yeah. Um, again, it. If, if it played out a little bit longer, I feel like it would have been more suspenseful. I think it, it happens really quick. 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe to the ending. Maybe a little so bit more. It didn't it need been... to be, as I said, I don't think it didn't need to be a two hour film, but it also could have done with, like you said, like 15, 20 minutes more yeah. to just kind of let these ideas play a little let bit. Let them breathe. Let them breathe. Like uh, you've got loads of good ideas and it feels like you've kind of wasted them a little bit yeah. on a rushed ending. I like the, like when. So she kills Burke, you know, when they get stabs him with a pen and the, that same Lord yeah. of that pen, his own, his own uh, merchandise is yeah. at the end of him. I uh, like that. She goes brutal at him as yeah, well. She cool. just doesn't stop. She's yeah. like getting, and you're seeing blood splat, even not even just blood. I feel like there's more things because some of it looks quite thick that's splattering yeah. all over her. And I liked when, you know, I liked when uh, Anthony appears and he's kind of just in Brianna's arms and then the police turn up. And, and he doesn't just... seem insane, does he? Like, no. It kind of, yes, and some people might say that this defies the expectation. We think the whole film that he's going to change into something he's not, when actually he's still, he's still basically the same guy when he, even when he's like that. Yeah. He, he is still the same. He he's just, just, he's just completely like, his body is just breaking down on him yeah. because he's having a... <laughs> and then, I like <laughs> that allergic reaction. Yeah. That allergic <laughs> reaction, man. I love that he, you know, I love the idea that they turn up and they just shoot him, you know. 
Yeah. I thought that was great. But that's also the bit where I think some people might say, oh, it's not new. Of course the policeman's going to shut. But then again, they did ring on the phone and say there's, there's a man a... with a hook hand. Yeah. But at the same time, he walks in and he's basically unconscious in in Brianna's arms. Yeah. Like, but... We don't actually see him, though. Like, he's she, he's lying down in her arms, but we only stay on Brianna's looking During down the shooting, him. yeah. We only see that we uh, not even that we don't see the shooter, but we don't really see him like lying or we see him a little like, we see him, like kind of. But he's he's like lying there for a second, and then it all goes to everything that happens is on her. Yeah, like you kind of get that he's not responding to her, so he must have just yeah. gone unconscious. Or but I liked um I like I liked that, and then I, I liked when she I, sits yeah. in the car. I like that bit. I expected that to happen. I definitely expected. And I expected it. the second the police came, I was like, yeah, they've got a gun that boy. Um, and I expected when they um. The idea uh, is expected that she's like for a second thinks that she's the one that's been shot. Yeah, but no, it's it's him, and which there's no way around though. If he's unconscious and lying there, and they just shoot him, that but that's why I said that some people might say it's not that nuanced because it's not like he's there and then suddenly reacts. Yeah, he's lying there and they just shoot him, even though he's unconscious and not moving. But they yeah. just walk in and shoot, and then of course the police try to frame her. Well, they him. kind of say um, you've got two choices. They give her an option. They say you know he he attacked he was attacking you and the officer had no choice but to discharge yeah um or you know you were we found that you were an accomplice you held him down yeah i i liked that and i liked when she summoned the candy man and then i liked that anthony finally comes back as this vengeful ghost i did like that so in a way burke's kind of mission although it's it's not exactly portrayed and delivered very well or in a way i I interpreted yeah. it or understood it. I like the idea. I like of, the idea. I like the idea. I like the idea. This is what I'm just saying. If you hear the idea out, you might be thinking, "Oh, that sounds really cool." Because it is a good idea. It's just Not so quickly done, done and so yeah. under so underbaked in a way that there's so good ideas. And I understand whatever reviewers are saying this that it's either too rushed or the ideas are just not well brought out yeah. all the time. And as I've said, there are several loose threads in this film. And this isn't a loose thread, but it's one that's like, this could have been so much longer and better. Yeah. It could have been so it's much just, more than it is. It's wrapped up too quickly. Um, we didn't that's mention right. about actually that, uh, we didn't mention about Burke sawing off Anthony's arm. And then putting the finger. Which is quite kind of, Anthony's just like subdued. Yeah, but he's even just that like, happens quite quick. Yeah. And maybe it, because it really, whilst he's That's doing again, that. that could have been a really awesome body horror moment. Um, and this kind of leans into that thing where, we we mentioned about this in the past with Jordan Peele, where although he's really good at the kind of the psychological and the mental sides of things, I'm not sure I completely have seen him yet do something with horror. I'm not saying I need to see the gore, but I think there's something about timing of the horror, the set pieces, yeah. where it could have been a bit scarier or it could have been a bit more gruesome in a little way. And that arm chopping bit was definitely one of those. Yeah, we do get to see the the hook kind of, well, I think it already has gone in, but we see it kind of Squelching. pushed down, Yeah, um, which was a bit of a wince kind of moment. But it definitely could have been um, just that scene, just because he seems so subdued, it just seems like nothing when that could have been a really... Well, we have Brianna's reaction kind of to it. But we do, but it would have again, been good it, to see a bit of reaction from Anthony. Maybe. It's like the it's like the rest of it. He's we explaining. Cry, he grabs it? the he grabs the sword. He grabs the thing, and it's. I guess it's just because it's all just part of this kind of rushed thing. I, yeah, I just didn't get. I didn't feel any of it. No. None of it had time to kind of absorb. Yeah, before we were already 
kind of Brianna being chased and then Brianna like and then get the shot at the end and then suddenly we're back with um Anthony's alive again because well, he's not alive but he is now the spirit of the Candyman. Yeah, and he um, starts killing the with his own Candyman deep voice that you hear. Yeah, that was cool. Kind of play out which was which was quite nice. It sounded good. It it sounded a bit Tony Todd but not just an imitation. It sounded like he was trying to do his own kind of style and we see him kind of again, we don't this is another one where because the cops are kind of cannon fodder and that half the time normally when you get cannon fodder they're ones just for cool deaths. Yeah. And this we don't get really to see the deaths properly. Not we see properly, like but... one come out bleeding yeah. and then the guy's like shooting and then by the time we've moved around the shot, they're kind of already dead. Well, that was kind of cool in a way. Um, it was cool that around it, it just, it's, again, it's just, well, it's kind I'd of like to have seen it. Properly. Brianna's reaction to it, isn't it? And yeah. seeing this guy that she loved now and seeing that it is actually true yeah. as well. I'm sure there's a, a deeper theme that I feel like maybe I'm missing with Brianna yeah. and the fact that she's, seeing all of this happen around her and a lot of it now is it shifts from anthony's view to brianna's view. yeah a lot of all of this plays out from brianna's view um which is fine which is why we're linked but that's also why it would have been nice to have had a more substantial link to her earlier yeah, down the story which is why i think it would have been great if they if they linked it around to her dad potentially becoming the candy man and that's why he killed himself i think that would have been such a I don't know. I think it would have just been great. Um, and then, obviously, I've, I can't remember what exactly the can, what Candyman, well, Anthony now is the Candyman, says to the police. But he basically says, you know, um, that he's now a spirit of vengeance. And it's like they're not innocent and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is obviously, you know, very kind of... Yeah, um, on on point today. Yeah, the police correct. The police have created that. That's, I mean, that's where we're seeing a lot of, but most racism that we seem to be hearing about half the time in the world today seems to be coming from that area. Police and institutions. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like those kind of institutions where someone who shouldn't be in the job is in there and does the wrong thing, which is not is not everybody in that position. Absolutely but, not. No, but no. we see it more than we should. Yeah, definitely. Well, and we shouldn't see it. No, <laughs> sorry. That's not really wrong. No, more than we but you get the point I was making. But it's more, yeah. you know, more than anyone should ever have to see anything like that. Yes. Yeah. It's the better way to say yeah, that. <laughs> we, we, we can have it happen, but we shouldn't see it, is what you're saying. <laughs> Next episode, you'll see Cast Me to Hell with Rob and his new friend Mike, because I've been cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, you've, been, you've been kicked out. Um... Time's yeah. up on that. Time's <laughs> up. Um, but then I do, and then I do love that you know, as more police arrive, you know, um, Candyman's killing the last officer, and there's the bees over his face. And I was thinking, you know, who we're gonna see? We're gonna see it now. Yeah, it felt like there was a good reason why his fit. I think we see a couple of we see in the in the reflection a quite cool shot is we in the reflection we see several different of the different candidates. Yeah, that's the reflection cool. of the police car. So we're wait, I was like looking at it going, which, which one's Tony which Todd? One's Where right, yeah. Where's my boy? Tony yeah. Todd. And finally as that waft as as Brianna goes around to see what's happened to the the police, the detective who was interrogating her and trying to make her admit to something that wasn't true. Um, we see that he, he's been like hooked up by yeah. uh, Candyman, and around his face is still this swarm of bees, and it reveals behind the bees to be Tony Todd. 
a young CGI-faced Tony Todd. Yeah, which makes sense, given it. And then Given he says, the story, he needs he can't really be aged because no he's meant to be a, a, a spirit of vengeance <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Um, if you tell everyone. I, if you were, if you were coming and really be, I guess for anyone who was coming and being like, I really want to see a Tony Todd like playing out, or they were hoping that the Candyman, because um, Sherman is kind of our Tony Todd in this film. Yeah, instead. he is, isn't he? Um, which I guess using a different iteration, and I do like that part of the film that they've they've made it much more clear that there are different versions in almost in each generation. There's been a different kind of Candyman. Yeah. He's not so much said that it's a generation, it's more based on when things happen and how it's linked in with the Candyman. But anyway, each kind of generation or throughout time, we've had several different. And I kind of like the idea that we get to see a different one playing the main part here. Yeah, I quite like it. Um, and also it makes sense because if they had Tony Todd, they would have had to do that CGI, which looks okay for a scene. I don't but, think they could have kept that up without no. the budget being like way higher. No, as, definitely. As we've seen, although that works for small scenes in like Marvel films and stuff. If you've looked though, they've done quite a lot of that de-aging with like Michael Douglas and yeah, Bob Downey Jr. Like some of it's been quite cool, but that's only because it's like one scene of about five minutes. Yeah. But you know, we even had in the recent star Wars series, Luke Skywalker de-age in the Mandalorian. But you can tell straight away you're like something just a little bit off. Yeah, it doesn't about it. There's just it's too unless they make it too clean. Like your face is wrinkleless at all ages. Yeah. Like no marks, no imperfections. Um, but yeah, so if you're expecting a lot of Tony Todd kind of thing, and you know, as you've most hopefully seen this film, yes. <laughs> but you probably some people might have been a bit disappointed if they were expecting yeah, to get a lot of Tony Todd. Yeah, uh, if they're like that into it, but he's a lot older now he's still got that awesome voice so i did expect possibly to just hear his voice more weirdly i yeah. expected to hear his voice come through and me but, um i mean he says that line at the end doesn't he um tell everyone, which tell is everyone. and i guess it you know in a way it, it does show that you know the the kind of the candy man's back and the legend's back and you know I, the whole thing's revived again yeah it also leaves it so that um uh, which I think is uh, might be Perthos because um, Yaya Abdul Mateen II. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> got it all right in one go that time. Yes, um, he um, wouldn't necessarily have to return if they did a sequel. Yeah, because I don't feel like he's someone who would at this stage in his career want to be pinned down to a horror franchise as like the face of a horror franchise. Yeah, I can't imagine. So that. he just gets to be one of them but doesn't have to be like a, the main committed if they, to it, yeah. if they return they could use someone else yeah or someone else's image or things like that as it if they did want to do a sequel but he could he might i don't he know he's still early, but i don't know if they would think if they are thinking sequel of this of course if it makes loads of money i can't imagine they're not what studio ever goes nah, i made like two million two hundred million but we're, nah. we're good yeah. it's not going to make that kind Especially of money this in this climate it's not going to well but it is... will do well and it is 25 million so it's a little bit it needs to make a little bit more it will need still not tons but it would need it's normally three times the thing so about 75 million is what it needs to make in order to break uh, even and i don't know if it's it has this film come on video on demand no I, this is cinema only so that's okay. a plus for it because some of the ones that have been cinema only have been making okay. more more dollar than the ones that are you know, which video makes sense demand. because as soon as it's on video on demand, it's on it's on websites, it's on Pirate Bay or yeah. whatever, and everyone in the world can watch it like that. Yeah. So I don't I don't get that model to be honest. I don't understand why anyone like I think if if you're you know if you've watched a shitty copy of this something like why would you not want to experience this in the cinema? Yeah, like 
it's like if anyone said, oh, I've got a copy, I've got a cam version of like a an early screening that someone went to of Halloween Kills. Do you want to watch it? No, I don't want to watch a shitty cam copy. Oh. I'll wait until I, I want to see that film badly. I would love to watch that, but not. I don't want to see it like that. I want to see it on the big but screen. Do you remember when we watched uh, Wolverine Origins? Oh, yeah. And it was like... Uh, oh, that was the... They, they leaked it early, but without the CGI done. Yeah. Completed. So there was like green screen in it and stuff. And, we, and I really wanted to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> more and, for me. <laughs> and and now look, and at the time we watched it, there was fucking CGI. It, it, was dog shit. It, was, it was horrible. The plane was just like blocks. Yeah, the plane shots, and you know the ending scene with like the 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 shitty Wolver- the shitty Deadpool and things like that was just basically like it was like CGI like bang things, but there wasn't actually a building. It was green screen yeah. parts of it. And, it, it, it was awful. Um, it was quite it was I mean, an experience. To be it, it, it was an experience to see it in that way. The the film isn't good either, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> that was funny. I remember I was going to see it again. We did go and actually see it in the cinema. Yeah, we to did, see, we wanted to see the difference. Yeah. And I remember I fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> it's the much. only time I've ever fallen asleep in a <laughs> you cinema. You didn't miss much, man. I think I'd been up for like two days straight or something yeah, like seven. that. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, so with, with Candyman, as I said, it's... You know, I think we'll wrap this up because this one's gone on way longer than we yeah, ever expected. Before be this like is a full-on episode. I mean, yeah, possibly even shorter. So um, hopefully some people have come back. If you didn't see the film, you listened to the first part maybe and you've come back around to listen to the rest of it and hear for your thoughts. You may have some ideas that you thought maybe, you know, we haven't picked up on certain yeah. little things, which I wouldn't be surprised because we've watched what we literally had just watched the film. It's the so first view. There are certain little things that you don't pick up until a second view, or it just pops into your head a few days later. Yeah. Or we read it somewhere else and like, oh yeah, I now never would have got that because I'm yeah. not that smart. Um, yeah. But... And we may have sounded really negative, and I feel like the negatives come out in your brain a lot more after you've just seen it. Because if a film's perfect, like not perfect, but most of it is completely like no little problems, then I feel like straight away in your head, you you don't necessarily go there, but you are still a little bit nitpicky of anything you can find in your head. And with this, because I do think the third act falls a little bit shorter, it's hard for us not to kind of pick up on those in our brains right now. Also because we've been waiting for this film for a long time. Yeah. So it could be that, you know, it maybe hasn't lived up quite to the expectations in our head, but I could definitely say right now that I don't believe even on rewatching that I'm not going to find that that third act isn't, a little bit weaker than it could have been. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, if they'd just given it a little bit more time, I think we could have had an absolute classic horror here. When I'm not saying it's not a good film, in my view, I think it, it's told really beautifully. It's shot beautifully. Yeah. Nia de Costa, someone to definitely look out for as a director because she's proven she can do that really well here. Yeah. Um, and I just think, and I think the story the first two acts play out so well for some people they might find it slow they might find it boring it depends on if you're there thinking you're going to get just a standard slasher but if you look back at the original these films are not actually just a standard slasher they are much more kind of dramatic and there's a lot more social commentary even in the original yeah that is shown here and this one's definitely leaning into that social commentary but i don't think too much is there and I think that the not just that the actors, like most of them, are mainly doing a very good job. Um, I just think that the way it builds up, but yes, it didn't quite meet where I thought the story was going, which is not a bad thing. But no. it, it went against my expectations, but also at the same time, sometimes it went exactly where I was expecting it to go, such as him being the child, which 
I also feel is not fleshed out enough. We learn that he's the child, but then what did Tony Todd... This is where I think Tony Todd's part could have come back in so nicely a little bit more because we could have learned that there was something that Tony Todd did in the original film with the baby that we didn't realise was happening in the original film that we would have realised now. Yeah, I maybe. feel like there was that link that could have been made a little bit more and that would have been a nicer way to bring Tony Todd back to kind of reveal that not only is he the baby, but he's set this upon him. He's put something on him that makes him forever cursed to be yeah. duh, 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 the Candyman. You know what I mean? That's where, again, where that explanation, link, linking the Candyman more with William Burke's character and giving us more of that story would have given us that thing, would have, that thing? That thing. <laughs> would have given us a, I just think, a much stronger film. But at the same time, I enjoyed a lot of this film. I really yeah. enjoyed viewing it. I'd say go and see it in the cinema. Yeah, and also, I'd also say that it's still probably a higher quality of horror film than a lot of horror films, yeah, to be definitely. honest. So it's definitely still, it's still up there with good, strong horror. And I'd also, at the same time, like the original Candyman isn't completely perfect either. So it's definitely up there with the original Candyman. Although looking back, I'd probably say, I think it's not quite as strong as the original but it's definitely the second best in the franchise, I would bet. And I haven't even seen the sequels, but I've heard that they're not good. So I'm just going to like think, yeah, yeah, I'd imagine I'm going to go and watch the sequels, but I'm going to go with, these are probably much more well-made nuanced films than probably those sequels, which I've heard are much more of like the slasher candidate. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I'm not going to top what you said. <laughs> I, think you, I did a you, bit of a rant <laughs> there of my thoughts. You summarised it perfectly, man. Um, and yeah, I would definitely go and recommend uh, seeing this film. Hopefully, um, if you did listen to the first part, the spoiler-free, you enjoyed the film and you came and listened to and you came and listened to the rest. If you'd already seen the film, um, be, we hope you enjoyed our review of it. We don't often get uh, to review new films from the cinema because of the COVID shit situation which has happened. That COVID did he? Yeah, <laughs> um, but we are, you know, we are going to be trying to do it a lot more. Um, if you've enjoyed this, then hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. It always helps. And you can find us on Twitter at CMTH Podcast and Instagram at CH CMTH Podcast. Come and let us know your thoughts on the episode, parts you agree with, and your thoughts on the film altogether. And we will see you soon. Bye bye.